Um, we still haven't gotten any tickets to the Eras tour. So our fans out there are really letting us down. So if if anyone like wants to get us tickets for the Eras tour, like just let us know. You can email murderrt at gmail.com um, with ticket info or like, I don't know, money. Just Venmo us money. Yeah. For the Eras tour. Yeah. Front row seats, please. Thank you. How was Vegas? Oh, give us the lowdown on Big Vegas. I was in Vegas last week for a little conference. It was super, I mean, it was like super quick. Um, so I didn't really do a whole lot in Vegas, but like the hotel we were at, like literally did I send you pictures? I don't think of the hotel, but you sent me some stuff of like literally like this some like some of the places here just absolutely wild like they're doing the most with this architecture and like like just like the i don't i literally can't even explain it like literally did i show you like the ceiling that looks like the sky no (laughs) dude the ceiling that looks like the sky the hotel we stayed at was like massive, like over 40 floors. And there was a full like casino on the bottom floor and like all of these like bars and cafes and like, like it literally crazy. Super, super cool. All right. I just sent it to you. Wait, 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 wait. That's literally the wait. ceiling. Like this is inside. That's the ceiling? This is inside the building. Why does it look like the freaking um, Vatican? It. Lo- <laughs> I love the Gucci store. Oh my God, right? This was like literally, the, and like this, it didn't just look like this, like right here. Like it was literally like you were walking outside, like the whole thing. But it's all inside. Like it's literally insane. Super, super cool. It's like Roman. The yeah, the hotel was Caesar's Palace. Of course, you stayed there. <laughs> so cool! It was super, super cool. Well, good. I'm glad you had a great time. Yeah, didn't do a whole lot of exploring, but whatever. Yeah, we went to the rock to cafe. Ooh, was a very oh, hard rock cafe. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Um, was it very hard? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Coke can's still there, everyone. Let's hear it for the Coke can. <laughs> She's still here. <laughs> it's been like two months. No, literally. She has a dent now, though, because I knocked her over. Oh, no. <laughs> Why does it look so big? It's like a, it's, um, it's 16 ounces. It's not like, yeah. oh. <laughs> I don't even remember where I got it at this point. Like it's sheets. <laughs> maybe actually, you know what? I think I got it at Dollar General. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyways, how was your week? Fine. <laughs> Nothing to report. Nothing nothing to report here. Um, <laughs> boring as usual. Just freaking away. 
for that silly little dime. Working away. Welcome, Welcome back, back, you little Krispy Kreme donuts. Thrilling, exciting extravaganza of murder, you slimy, disgusting little freaky murder gurus. I don't know. You get it. what you get. Let me say it. Because I thought of donuts. <laughs> mm -hmm. Anyway, welcome back. Sorry, we were gone last week. <laughs> we were gone. <laughs> so I was in Vegas. I was... I don't know what I was doing. Who knows? <laughs> um. Yeah, this week we're in New Hampshire. Not New Mexico, because guess who still doesn't know the alphabet? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. Welcome to New Hampshire. So we're just going to jump right into it, because Troy and I have been talking for the last, like, 15 minutes, so we've only had 15 minutes left this meeting. So we are going to Mount Vernon, New Hampshire. And I will be telling you the story of the murder of Kimberly Cates and the attempted murder of her daughter, Jamie Cates. Mount Vernon is a super small town that rarely has any crime, probably petty theft, like stealing gum from like Dollar General, which isn't even really a crime because I did that whenever I was four. But that's a story from a different time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's one of those towns that people leave their doors open all, all the time, the doors unlocked, like the windows open, you know, very chill, very trustworthy humans. Um, the Kates Until moved in. they weren't. Sorry. I... <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, you're not wrong. The Kates moved into a cute little home that was located back on a secluded uh, road called Tro Road. Kimberly was 42. She was a pediatric nurse. And her husband, David, uh, was an en engineer. Because of his job, he had to go on business trips about 26 times a, a year. And one of those business trips took place on October 4th, 2009. Before we get into what happened that night on October 4th, let me introduce you to Stephen Spader, Christopher Gribble, William Marks, and Quinn Glover. They were all between the ages of 17 and 19, it seemed to me that Steven was kind of the ringleader of the group uh, with Christopher coming in a close second. Um, Steven was adopted when he was five days old um, by Steven Sr. and Christine Spader. And they really tried to give their son a good life, um, but he started to have issues in his teen years with violence. At one point, he took a knife and he pointed it at his father um, and then another time he took a knife and he stabbed a table. <laughs> okay. Um, Jeffrey Strelzen said, quote, he was not unintelligent. He was not abused. He had many opportunities and many luxuries of life that other people don't have. End quote. He began to fantasize about murder, home invasions, kidnapping people, and during the trial of what happened, because these are our perpetrators, if you didn't know that already, Christopher testified that Stephen, quote, wanted to break into houses, steal stuff, kill people, stay the night, and make scenes for the press with their bodies. He talked about eating people, roasting people, putting heads on stakes. End quote. <laughs> All right. Stephen... And Christopher created the club called the Disciples of Destruction, 
and recruited William Marks and Quinn Glover, stating that in order to get into the club, the boys had to commit a home invasion. And if anyone was in the home, they had to kill them. Oh, my gosh. That's a pretty intense little initiation right there. Yeah. And these boys are like, hmm. Like, what? Oh, simple enough. I can knock Uh, the door down and, you know, finish (laughs) the job. (laughs) Before the murder, Spader and Gribble began driving around looking for homes to break into. And they found the, quote, perfect home, which was the Kate's house. Originally, the two boys who I mentioned before, they wanted to make chloroform to use on their victims first. And they went as far as to Google how to make it. Solid choice. (laughs) Yeah. October 4th, Kimberly and Jamie Cates were asleep in the master bedroom when Kimberly suddenly woke up. She woke up because she felt as if she was being watched, and she was. Stephen Spader and Christopher Gribble were standing over Kimberly and Jamie, and when Kimberly wanted to turn on the light, which would not have worked anyway because the boys cut the power line. <laughs> they cut the power line. It's It gets bad. Okay, just everyone. Yeah, so. When she wanted to turn on the light, Stephen came down on her with a machete. Holy crap. And he kept going at her with this machete. Her skull was split in half. Her left eye socket was non-existent. Several organs were brutally stabbed. And Stephen ended up slitting her throat. All in front of her 11-year-old daughter, who was literally right next to her. The total number of injuries to uh, Kimberly's butt body was 36 stab wounds. Flash blows from a machete. During this time, Jamie got up and tried to run for the door, but Christopher was there with a knife and he began to stab her. She was thrown against a glass door, which shattered, and she pretended to be dead to hopefully stop the boys from stabbing her anymore. However, Stephen hit her one more time with a machete. Jamie's injuries consisted of a severed left foot. Her skull was split open. Her jaw was shattered. However, since she pretended to be dead, she would end up surviving her injuries. Unfortunately, Kimberly did not survive, but she was alive for most of her attack. She ultimately died of blood loss. Oh, my God. After this brutal attack on Kimberly and Jamie, the boys stole a few items, but only about $130 in total for everything that they took. Okay. William Marks and Quinn Glover reportedly did not aid Stephen and Christopher in the killings themselves. Glover allegedly stayed in the living room, and William also allegedly watched the attack happen from the bedroom doorway, but neither of them did anything to stop it from happening. And this was a planned attack, so they knew something was going to happen. Right. After the four boys left the home, Jamie, who was severely bleeding, somehow made it to the kitchen where she called 911, and officers were immediately dispatched to the home, where they came across probably the most bloody and disturbing scene they ever had to ever deal with because this was a small town and this just didn't happen there so as the police were busy working to collect evidence and they tried to get as much as they could out of jamie um the boys had already told one person about this attack why 
literally why i by 5 30 a.m gribble and spader had gotten a hold of their friend autumn savoy someone who they wanted to originally help them with the murder itself but this person was like nah i'm not about that life um but this autumn person did decide to help them expose of evidence so either way they got yeah, like into it not, yeah that's not any better autumn uh the three teens dumped bloody clothes shoes and as well as some of the stolen belongings into the nashua ri- river nashau sorry new, new, new hampshire um but they didn't get rid of all the evidence obviously because we're idiots after this, they all decided that they needed a good sleep. Of course. I mean, it's exhausting doing the Lord's it's work. It's exhausting you know what I mean? just being a murderer. <laughs> um, at around 5.30 the next day, the group went to another friend's house, Kyle Fenton, to also tell him about the crime. Sure. <laughs> Kyle's mother happened to overhear the boys talking about it and she noted that what they were talking about was oddly familiar to what the news stations were reporting. So now Kyle's poor mom is like, oh my God, did Kyle help or do something in this horrific murder case? So she, obviously she calls the police and she's like, hey, um, I think I have your people over at my home. Can you come get them? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're like might be murderers in my house um uh yeah so first the police went to space spader's home where um spader gribble and autumn savoy were all hanging out at first savoy gave the other two boys an alibi but redacted his statement and said he knew everything about the killings and he even showed the police where they dumped some of the evidence October 5th, all the boys went to school as normal, but the police questioned them that evening. Glover stated that they were in Mount Vernon at the time of the murder, and when the police questioned that, he immediately asked for an attorney. (laughs) William Marks was very cooperative and gave his account of what happened, stating that they cut the power to the home and got in through the basement. He thought the home was empty until he heard Kimberly say, quote, Jamie, is that you? That is when Stephen proceeded to viciously stab her. Oh, my God. By October 6th, two days after the murders had happened, all four boys were arrested. Christopher Gribble told the authorities that, quote, if he would have known Jamie Cates was alive, he would have killed her because he didn't want her to have to live with the aftermath of the killing, end quote. What a gentleman. Idiot. He then always went- puts others first. He then went on to tell officers how he wanted to kill someone for a long time and that quote, it's cool because it's different. <laughs> That's one way to look at it for sure. <laughs> it sure is different for sure. Hmm. Then he went on to tell the police how himself and Spader were sociopaths. Okay. (laughs) So now we have a self-diagnosis happening. Iconic. Okay. While incarcerated, Spader was writing letters to the press and other people about the crimes. 
basically bragging about the crime. He called the citizens of this small town, quote, uninformed idiots, end quote. <laughs> he was not helping his case at all. Um, but honestly, I don't think he really cared because I think he enjoyed it. And I think he yeah. attention. Yeah, for sure. But his entire defense team was like, dude, please, please stop. Shut <laughs> you up, stop bro. doing this because we are like trying to get you a lighter sentence um, to like say you're like clinically insane. But if you keep doing this, then it's not going to happen because obviously you're doing this for clout. If you don't shut your grubby little mouth, we cannot help you. <laughs> October 2010, on his 19th birthday, Stephen Spader was found guilty on two accounts of first-degree murder, along with several other charges. By several, I mean, like, seven, and I just did not feel like listing all of them. But (laughs) he was charged with a lot of shit, because he's an asshole. He was sentenced to life without parole, and he had an additional 76 years for the attempted murder of Jamie. When he was given his sentence, Judge Jillian Abramson made uh, each of the sentences consecutive to each other to, quote, ensure you stay in that cage for the rest of your pointless life. Oh, my God. That's from the judge. (laughs) Judge was not having it. Over it. Like, not having it. Christopher Gribble tried to plead not guilty by reason of insanity. (laughs) I just, I know it's not funny, but I just laugh at these kids because they're like, like immediately after they did the crime, they literally went and told someone about it because they thought it was cool. Like, I just want to like smack them in the face. Dude. (laughs) So, um, he was like, yeah, I did it, but I'm like real crazy. Like my brain is like non-functional. So like, (laughs) it wasn't my fault. Various psychiatrists did not find him insane. Um, they're like, okay, well, he suffers from an antisocial personality disorder, but like, that's it. Like, the dude's just kind of like socially awkward. Like, <laughs> there's nothing else wrong with him. Um, and he was sentenced to life as well. As for Quinn, Glover, and William Marks, Glover pleaded guilty to burglary, robbery, and conspiracy to commit burglary. He got a 20 to 40 year sentence. William Marks worked out a plea arrangement in exchange to, oh, Jesus Christ. William Marks worked out a plea arrangement in exchange for (laughs) 30 to 60 years. He agreed to plead guilty to conspiracy to commit murder, accomplice to first degree murder, and conspiracy to commit burglary. And that's the story of the Cates family and, uh, Jamie, the daughter, um, she actually like testified in in court, like she got on the stand. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and disgusting, like li- like the machete, like, like and what? like I said, like she was the mom was like alive for most of yeah, the- like that's oh, disgusting. Just so we could get into a little uh, the boys club, like what it like. Well, no, the two who did the murder were like the ringleaders. The other two boys obviously didn't help um they were didn't they're still just as guilty as the other two but that is so bizarre like ew like i yeah like i hope they're rotting in jail like literally disgusting they probably are especially since they tried to murder a child i read that doesn't really go well in jail yeah oh my gosh literally 
I don't know though. I've never been to jail. <laughs> Let's try it out. Oh my god. Let's not. <laughs> I would not survive in jail. <laughs> now it's time for another quiz from Troy. The portion of the show when Troy finds a quiz and tells me the quiz and I answer questions. And we have fun. <laughs> All right. So this week I have Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Would you rather? <laughs> Jeez. Okay. All right. You have to answer these two then. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Would you rather be a vampire with a soul tortured for your past wrongdoings and aware you may lose it again or be a human with a hell god living inside of you? That hell god was not I think I'd rather time. Hell god. <laughs> oh, really? What, what I was like, the hell god was not a good time. What did so... you say? I think I'd be the vampire <laughs> with the soul. Actually, you're right. <laughs> Give or take. Mm. Depends on my mood. Okay. All right. <laughs> Number two, would you rather have Snyder as your principal for the year or have Harmony follow you around for the year? I think you already know my answer. <laughs> Harmony, for sure. Come on, girl. Let's go. <laughs> Would you rather live with Joyce or live with Giles? Giles. 100%. 100% Giles. No, literally. Um, Would you rather be a slayer under Wesley or a watcher over Faith? Oh. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, I think I'd rather be a Slayer. Slayer under Wesley. He's like kind of cute, I guess. He's just derpy. Like the yeah. poor dude. He's just like here for a good time. <laughs> Would you rather have your worst nightmares come true or be part of a magically enforced musical? <laughs> That already happened to me one time. Remember, we were in Sweet Todd. That whole experience being described as magically enforced. This we think. I stand by that. Never forget how Troy thought that was the actual words and he was confident in that. And then one time we were singing it in the car and he said it and I was like, that's not correct. What did you say? <laughs> Would you rather live with Kathy for two weeks or live with season five Dawn for two months. Who's Kathy? That's what I'm... They have links for some of them for like a... Oh, she's a vampire. I don't know who that is. But I can't remember. Well, not fucking Dawn, so I guess Kathy. <laughs> I guess we're going with Kathy. <laughs> Um, would you rather encounter Vampire Willow and Vampire Xander or cross cross sorry or cross paths with Dark Willow? Oh god, Dark Willow's scary as fuck. Um have you gotten there yet? I don't know if I've seen Dark Willow, but I am obsessed with Vampire Willow. She is hilarious and I want want to be her friend. So yes, her. Period. All right, last one. So we only have four minutes left. Would you rather have a constant consuming fear of bunny rabbits or be a werewolf three nights of the month? The bunny rabbit thing is hilarious. <laughs> uh, the bunny rabbit thing. 
period. Well, that's this was fun, everyone. <laughs> Next week, either Troy's gonna have a little tidbit or we're gonna do New Mexico. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows if Troy will find time? <laughs> <laughs> I, you got this. I believe in you. I don't after how this week is going. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram at Murder Road Trip Pod. Email us your whatever the heck you want at murderrt at gmail.com. Um, again, you can send us Taylor Swift Eras Storm tickets to there as well. We like won't say no. We won't tell anyone. We'll just go and no one will know how it happened. Um find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can find your podcasts. Um Leave us a little review, a little rating. We love to hear from you guys. Um, and that's and that's all, folks. Okay. Okay. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>